Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. This is Henry Lopez, and welcome to this special episode of The How of Business. This is the third COVID-19 episode that we've done, and today is April 27th, Monday, April 27th. I make that note because this information now is so time-sensitive, and very importantly, today, Monday, a new round of funding, which was approved last week, is going to open up the PPP and the EIDL loan programs again, which were closed down, I guess, early last week when we ran out of money. The government ran out of money for those programs. But a new round of funding is now available. So the SBA will resume accepting Paycheck Protection Program applications from participating lenders. So you have to get your application in with those lenders starting today, Monday, April 27th. They're saying that the gates will open, if you will, on that with the SBA at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So with the additional funding provided by the new COVID-19 relief package, the SBA will resume processing EIDL loans, as I said, and the supposed advance, the grants, those applications that are already in the queue, they're going to start continuing to process those on a first-come, first-served basis. So an additional $310 billion was added by the federal government to the Paycheck Protection Program so that lenders now can offer more loans to small businesses. The loan programs, including the PPP and the EIDL, which, as I said, the Small Business Administration had to shut down on April 16th when the first $350 billion in funding was completely allocated in less than two weeks. So that reopens today, according again to the U.S. Treasury and the SBA. This additional $484 million package is the fourth coronavirus bill to move through Congress over the last seven weeks. And it brings the federal response to this global pandemic in the U.S. to a total of $2.8 trillion. So it's by far the largest emergency relief effort in modern U.S. history. And 310 of that is specifically for the payroll protection, $310 billion. $60 billion is supposedly specifically targeted for community banks and smaller lenders who tend to cater to those more underserved businesses. And an additional $60 billion for the EIDL program and grants. I know a lot of you listening uh, have had either mixed results or haven't gotten anything at all. And I know that that's frustrated. I know for me, in my personal experience, we did get a PPP loan for one of our businesses and have had no success on other programs. We haven't seen any money from the EIDL program, but I have clients and in speaking to others, it's mixed results. So that might be your situation. Uh, a couple of things, and then I'm going to move on to a conversation I've had with Jerry Detweiler, who is my guest here on the show today. One thing that's important is be hyper aware of scams. Just before I started recording this episode, I got a scam text asking me to click on a link to confirm the delivery of a package. And then there's all kinds of scams, as you'll hear Jerry, you'll hear Jerry talk about in this interview with her about uh, different organizations pretending to help you for a fee to get to the front of the line on these applications. Those are scams. So be very cautious, be very suspicious, because unfortunately, there are people out there trying to take advantage of this situation that we're all in. 
My action items for you is a bit repetitive, but if you haven't applied before for the EIDL at the SBA website, I recommend that you do that. Again, that should open back up again today. And your PPP, the Payroll Protection Program, if you think you qualify, you need to get your application in. So if you have received a PPP loan like I have for one of my businesses, then you're going to be particularly interested in my conversation with Jerry because she has a lot of insights on how we're going to be able to qualify to then get that loan forgiven. So you'll want to listen to that. And the guidance, again, if you already have your application for PPP submitted, I would be in contact with that lender. Make sure they have everything they need from you at this point. And then you'll also hear Jerry discuss some other preparation items and the whole concept of applying to multiple or different banks. There's nothing wrong with doing that. So what follows now is a conversation I had with Jerry Detweiler. She's been on the show before. She's an expert on credit and finance, both for businesses and for individuals. And she's also been studying all of this, helping their clients. And she's got some good insights. And we had a good conversation late last week about all of this. We, we cover quite a few topics, but including, you know, what to what they're going to look at, what banks are going to potentially look for. Um, the concept of applying to multiple lenders, as I said, the no fee. So again, these loan programs, both the EIDL and the PPP, there are no application fees. There are no processing fees. So if somebody's asking you to pay a fee to submit your application or to process your loan, it's in all likelihood a scam. So please don't fall for that. There is no such thing as paying to get to the front of the line. Uh, so we chat about that. We chat about how right now it's still very unclear for 1099 type contractors or workers. Uh, we, we talk about the PPL forgiveness and what that might look like and then what, what the credit impact might be on yourself and on your business. So here's my conversation with Jerry Detweiler. Jerry, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Henry. Yes, Jerry was on our show back on episode 240. That was actually uh, over a year ago, Jerry. <sighs> Haven't things changed? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> on that episode, episode 240, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, go back and listen to it. She shares some great insights and tips on personal and small business credit. Uh, but let me tell you again a little bit about Jerry. Jerry Detweiler is a leading nationally recognized financing and credit expert with more than 20 years of experience. During the 2008-2009 financial crisis, Jerry was interviewed hundreds of times providing insightful expertise and actionable advice for traversing those turbulent landscapes and times and the unknown change. And here we are again, finding ourselves in turbulent times. Today, she serves as education director for NAV, N-A-V, uh, NAV is the trusted financing partner of over 1.2 million businesses. And at NAV, she gives NAV's customers certainty in an uncertain world through her expertise and actionable advice. So that's why I'm glad to have her back in. And, and we're going to chat about her thoughts and her knowledge on how we navigate all of the COVID-19 resources. So Jerry, once again, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much. 
All right, so let's dive right into it. Uh, my listeners, and, and obviously we, we were ch chatting before I brought you in about the different programs, uh, the two main programs, of course, being the PPP, the Payroll Protection Program that's available to certain small business owners and the EIDL, the SBA Emergency Loan Program and Grants. But let's start with the PPP loan program. I know you've done a lot of research and thinking and advising on this. So I got some specific questions here that we'll dive right into. We understand the high level what the loan is about. I know you've given some thought and have helped people with, if I get rejected, if I get turned down by a bank, you've got some thoughts on what I should do next, right? Yeah, so the PPP is, it doesn't have the usual standards, as you know, with SBA loans. So for the most part, what we're seeing for those who don't get PPP is they're just not a fit with the lender that they are trying to work with. Now, there's certainly, I've certainly heard from borrowers who didn't understand how to properly fill out the application. And so maybe they applied for a loan amount based on independent contractors, which are their independent contractors and they're not supposed to do that. Uh, or maybe they included rent and utilities in the requested loan amount, but that only comes in on the forgiveness side. So there are some issues coming up on the front end, but mostly it's about finding a lender that can get your application processed. And that's such a big deal in particular if for those of you, uh, I know for me, I, I fortunately got funding with the PPP loan on one of my small businesses. But if you did not, we need to get in line, if you will, because there's more money that's going to be appropriated, if not today, then, then here soon with the, the follow-up uh, act that's coming soon, right? So we need to get in line and get our application into a lender so that we have an opportunity for this next round of funding, correct? Yes, and Henry, I'm actually recommending filling out applications with multiple lenders because you just, this is not a clear line, right? You don't know, it's not like you get the number at the deli and you know what number they're on and where you're coming in the process. And quite honestly, some of these banks, even the most well-intentioned lenders, are having to deal with the SBA system because every single one of these loans has to get approved through the SBA. Otherwise, the SBA wouldn't know when the funding cap is reached, right? So it's, um, it's important to, I'd suggest, uh, having your application with a few different lenders and then see who gets to it first. Of course, once you go forward with accepting a loan, you can only get one PPP loan. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. And again, we can make applications. We, we can always turn it down or let that other lender know, hey, you know, I'm going to rescind my application. You're not obligated until you're made an offer for a loan and then you can decide. In fact, you can compare loans just like we would do in any other kind of loan situation. But here really it's about the, the expedition of it. How, how quickly can I get in uh, if I didn't get it in the first round? Can I touch real quick on one thing you just said? Yes, please. Uh, it's important. To yeah, it's important to understand that with PPP, it's always going to be the same cost. That's set out by federal law. So if you don't have it forgiven, and of course the goal is to have it forgiven, then uh, it's one percent for two years and no fees. So we have heard from borrowers. Now, if you need to pay your accountant to help you get your tax information ready, so you can figure out how much you can apply for, no problem with that. But we have heard from borrowers who are 
paying scammers who are saying they will get them to the front of the line. And that's it doesn't, should not happen. Uh, there, there is no fee for these loans. So it doesn't matter where you go. So some borrowers are looking at some of the fintech lenders, for example, that traditionally make uh, fast online loans, but traditionally cost more if they're higher cost loans. And they think, well, I can't go with them because it's going to cost more. That's not the case with a PPP loan. Yeah, great clarifications. Thanks for clarifying that. And it just it just irks me. Of course, I hadn't even thought about the scam angle, but I but I can see it happening. So I'm so glad you made that clarification. If anybody's asking you for some kind of a application fee or other processing fees, that's not right. There are no fees associated with this loan for for the borrower. Correct. All right. Uh, I, I believe on Nav, I saw on there this this Quick Connect app. Uh, tell me about that and how I might be able to use that to connect with potential lenders. Sure. So Nav is doing what we've always done, which is trying to use technology to match small business borrowers to lenders who can help them get funding. And we shifted gears very quickly. Uh, the, the CARES Act passed on Friday, March 27th. And by Monday, we had the first CARES Act calculator up that helps you understand how much you may qualify for a PPP loan. And we've had over, I think, 95,000 small businesses use that later. And then we also have created a Quick Connect. It's a short form that we use then to connect you to lenders looking for borrowers like you to make PPP loans. So it may be geographic area, it may be loan size, et cetera. And we are matching some of our, um, uh, some applicants to multiple lenders. And again, we're saying, hey, whoever gets to you first, that's who you should go with because the, the funding in round two will go very quickly as well. So you can use that to get matched to uh, lenders. And then when you get matched, we recommend you apply immediately because this money will go fast. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll put a, a link to those tools on the show notes page for this episode at thehowabusiness.com because those are great free tools, like you said, that have been there and that might help you in finding a lender to hopefully get some money through this program. You, you touched on it, you know, uh, maybe getting your CPA to help you and get prepared. What are some of the things that uh, you know of and that maybe small business owners aren't aware of that I need to get ready for uh, submitting this application and getting approved for a loan? Henry, the number one question I've been getting regarding the application is how, what do I use? What information do I use to qualify? So it's, it's, and I know you've talked about this, but the important thing is it is two and a half times your average monthly payroll. So for if you have an S Corp LLC, a formal business structure, you're going to use either 2019 payroll or last 12 months payroll. If you have a seasonal business, there's a seasonal calculation. We don't have to get into that here, but it's in the calculator. Uh, so that's it. That's an option to look at it there. And then the self-employed, that's been extremely confusing because the application for those who are self-employed, including those who are 1099 contractors for other businesses, and we're talking here about those who file Form 1040 Schedule C. So if you pretty much, you know, don't have a, a formal business structure and, and even some LLCs, you pass the income in, in you, the way you pay yourself is you take money out of the business and it passes through on your personal tax return on Schedule C. You're looking at line 31 net profit. That's the number you use to calculate how much you're eligible for for PPP. And you do not include contractors unless it's yourself. You're the contractor, you're paying yourself. So that's where I would say the biggest confusion is 
coming up among small business owners is they it's not clear from the application the different scenarios under which you calculate the amount for which you qualify. Yeah, great clarifier. And let me let me revisit it because I want to make sure I understand it. it uh, two scenarios I think here we're covering. One is me as a business owner who has employees. If I'm applying from that perspective, I need to show my the W-2 wages I paid my employee on which I'm basing this loan amount that I'm asking for. That's one scenario. Separately, what you're also articulating, my wife is a perfect example of that. She has her own travel consulting business. It's just herself. She operates under an LLC, but she is effectively an independent contractor. She receives a 1099 from what they call the host agency through which she books travel. So she is, and this has been a point of big confusion, she as a business owner, even though she doesn't have any quote-unquote employees, not even subcontractors, she might qualify as well by showing her 1099 income which as you articulated, she doesn't pay herself through any wages. It gets distributed to us as profit. Am I following correctly so far? Yes. Now I have to add another little uh, wrinkle to this whole conversation. So first of all, let's say, I assume your wife reports her business income, losses or net profit on Schedule C, which you attach to your personal tax returns, correct? Well, in her case, it's an LLC that produces a K-1 that flows to our okay. personal tax return. Yeah. Okay. So that's an important distinction because the SBA released guidance specifically for Schedule C filers. And for them, they said you use line 31, which is your net profit on Schedule C. However, for businesses like your wife, where you report your income from your business on a K-1, they have not released official guidance from the administrator, but we got an email that was uh, sent to uh, a colleague from the SBA that says, you do not include owner's draw or income that flows through a K-1 as salary for purposes of PPP. Now, this is pretty confusing and pretty shocking for a lot of business owners who are in that position. Again, it's not official guidance from the SBA administrator, but the email came from the SBA in Washington, D.C. saying this. So when I had my S-Corp, um, and I still do, but I, I'm, I'm now full-time employed at NAV, but I would pay myself a salary, and that salary would have FICA taxes withheld, et cetera. And then I would also pay myself distributions depending on how well you know the business went that month. And so the salary portion that I paid taxes on, that would be uh, that would be qualifying for PPP according to that email. The distributions or the owner's draw that I took out on top of that salary would not be uh, considered qualifying for PPP according to this email that we received. So okay. it's pretty technical and pretty confusing, but it's an example, Henry, of why we need more thorough guidance from the SBA, especially for this round two, which is so critical and will be where many self-employed individuals get their relief. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you clarified that. That's obviously not what I wanted to hear, but I'm, but I'm glad you're clarifying it. And you're right, because, you know, the whole, the whole thing that was put forth even from the initial CARES Act is that we were going to take care of the, the gig economy, the independent contractor. But as far as the PPP program, I haven't seen that yet. And as you're just clarifying, it doesn't seem like the banks are going to know how to treat 
my wife's case, which is the case of a lot of people who are independent contractors. Absolutely. Now, I will say that there are two other options for anyone who's listening who falls in that category, including maybe a business that had a loss in their business last year. And that may be the EIDL, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, or the um, Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. So I wouldn't wouldn't say all is lost, but you definitely want to look at all the options there to see which one of the ones that you qualify for may be a fit for your business. Yeah, great point. She has, in her example, she has applied. We, we live in Texas, and so she's applied for unemployment. That's been a painful process because, again, they're not still not quite sure how to process this. But that's still hopeful, to your point, because it, there is supposed to be coverage there, even if you didn't have W-2 income. So that we're fighting that, and I've heard mixed results. EIDL has been sporadic. I know that there was further clarification, of course, from the SBA on the grant portion and that it was tied to number of employees. And again, in her case, because she doesn't have employees, she's not going to get any of that. I'm still waiting on other businesses. Uh, what have you heard as far as the grant portion of the EIDL and, and who has gotten that and who hasn't? Any, any anecdotal uh, data on that? Yeah, we have a pretty active Facebook group that is devoted to discussing these programs, and, and we have over 10,000 people on there discussing what their experiences are. So we're seeing a very similar experience to what you're describing, which is it's not taking three days as no. specified <laughs> in the legislation, not right, even close right. to that. Not even close and to it, yeah, and it is tied to employees. Now, if you're the only employee in your business, you should put down one so that you hopefully get the $1,000 grant. But that's, you know, for many businesses, they were expecting $10,000. And quite frankly, the way the legislation was written, it looked like that would be the case. But then the SBA quickly realized there was not going to be enough money to uh, to handle all the applications and provide those grants as as expected. So they they came up with that formula for the grant. And I think what we're seeing with all this, you know, fallout from round two now is that there are other types of assistance that small business owners need. You know, the, the small business owner who has high rent is not going to get much relief out of PPP because that's mainly for payroll. Very small portion is for something like rent. They make it help from idle but it's taking weeks to get improved, to get approved. And in the meantime, their landlord wants to be paid, right? And so we're definitely seeing some holes and some big gaps. And, and the other thing I think you mentioned is business owners don't want to go into debt, right? This is such an uncertain time. The idea that I'm going to take out a loan and then worry about how I'm going to pay that back when I don't even know when I'll be back in full swing again is daunting for business owners too. So try to do the best you can with the programs that are out there. But I would say if if you've never called your senators or elected officials in Washington, DC, now's the time to do them do do that. Let them know, you know, what your business is facing because uh, I fully expect there will be additional uh, programs that come out during this time. Yeah, great points and I agree completely. Um, so let, let's let's uh, go back to, as you've touched on already, the components that relate to, for the PPP loan, the payroll protection program loan, how we can, if we get one of those, how we can potentially get it forgiven. I know you've done a lot of research on that. My understanding that the, the two big caveats, and I'll, I want you to add and correct me, is A, uh, you touched on it, 75% is the number I've heard 
of that loan amount needs to go to payroll. And, and B, I have to show that I brought my payroll back up to uh, a look back period. I'm a little confused on the look back period. But in other words, if I had to lay people off or reduce hours or reduce wages, I have to, using this loan money, if I get it, bring those wages and number of employees back to what it looked like before February 15th. So those are the two caveats as I understand it. What am I missing there? Oh, that's the idea. So, so I delved into this for several days. I wrote a 3000 word piece on, on PPP loan forgiveness and my head was honestly spinning. <laughs> I, I, I thought, what's wrong with me that I can't understand this. And then I read a long, long piece by a CPA on Forbes, Tony Nitti, who is now my hero because he exposed all these issues. And he put in there that the legislation is not, is not, it's not only confusing, it's contradictory. And it's, this is so important because the way that PPP is supposed to work is the eight weeks after those loan funds hit your account, how you spend that determines how much you get forgiven. But then they threw in this provision where you could rehire up until June 30th and then supposedly mitigate the effect of having laid off these workers, but it's completely unintelligible. I mean, it's, it's the only way I can, I can describe it. So I know CPAs who are saying we can't advise on this because we can't make sense of it. So the next step we need is for the SBA and Treasury to come out with guidance to help employers understand. And I have heard so many different scenarios, Henry. You know, someone who there had a worker who was getting significant overtime, uh, but they can't pay them overtime now. But the look back period would seem to indicate that if they don't keep up equivalent wages to that overtime, that they might not get full forgiveness. We have employers whose employees don't want to come back to work, either if they're physically worried about a workplace or they're not working and they're going to make more money from unemployment, they're, they don't want to come back to work. We have, you know, uh, all kinds of situations, part-time, full-time, that make it extremely confusing. And I understand the intention, the intention of the bill is to keep workers paid for those eight weeks after you get the loan. Try to get through this initial wave and then let's see what happens after that. But in the real world, the way it works for many businesses is quite different. And it's just, um, it's it's going to be a landmine. And I, I feel like this is wave two, right? PPP round one was this mad rush, crazy. PPP round two is this mad rush of those who couldn't get in round one. And then wave three is going to be all these business owners who are trying to navigate forgiveness and just can't figure it out. Oh boy. Jerry, you were supposed to come on and give me all of the perfect answers uh, on behalf of the SBA. And you... <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, I'm so glad you're clarifying this for this because that's the point. There is no clarity. So let me break it down and thank you so much for, for that input. You know, what we're going to do, so we, we got one of these loans, let's see, we funded last Saturday for our frozen yogurt shop. We, I guess, are in a good position in this regard in that we did not shut down. We scaled back hours. We reduced some hours, but I don't think we let anybody go. And so I think we're going to be better able to bring it back up to whatever that level is supposed to be, whatever that look back period ends up being. But yeah, this is going to be one heck of a challenge. And the thing that's crazy, Jerry, is my understanding is this is this this burden is going to be put on the banks to interpret somehow, some way on whether I qualify for forgiveness or not, right? 
That's right. And banks are terrified of that. Oh, I can imagine. I can tell you. Yes. Some of them are sending letters saying, if you don't use it for this purpose, you know, you have to pay it back immediately, which is certainly not what the legislation says. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you do have to use it for specific purposes, right? So you can't go buy a new truck with your um, PPP funds, lay off your workers, and then turn it into a 1% loan. That's pretty clear. But I think most business owners are trying to do the right thing, but it's it's very hard to figure out what that right, Agreed. right thing so, is. So my thoughts right now and see what you think is we try our best to, like you said, make sure we're spending, if we get one of these loans that we're spending it for payroll, at least 75% of it. I might error a little on the safe side there. Uh, that That's what this money is supposed to be for. That was the spirit of behind this this program. Uh, we we keep, you know, we're going to have our documentation, so we've got all that, and, and we try the best that we can to achieve this goal of getting back to what my payroll looked like or some semblance thereof best I can and have as much documentation and proof of that. That's what I'm going to try. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. This is largely borrower self-certified, so the banks aren't are supposed to collect the proper documentation, but ultimately it's up to the borrower to self-certify that they use it properly. And I think that what what could come back to to bite a business owner is outright fraud. You know, yes, where they of course where they're just they're just trying to get free money and they're they're but I don't think the intention is to go after business owners who are doing the best they can to try to maintain that payroll. But I, I feel like that this bill, you know, co- comes out of Congress with the attention of helping small business owners. And yet it, it almost feels like they don't really fully understand how small businesses work, which is a little hard to get my mind around um, because, you know, there's a lot of different permutations that just, the, the fact, for example, Henry, they use the term full-time equivalent wages, FTE, mm-hmm. and they don't define it. Now, that's fine. We have, you know, we have full FTE is defined in the in the Affordable Care Act. So you can look at the that as guidance, but let's lay it out, right? Let's lay it out for the small business owner because I can tell you, um, many business owners are thinking it's only full-time employees that they have to worry about, not full-time equivalent, which is a different calculation. That's taking into account part-time and full-time workers in your calculation. So we definitely could use better guidance around this. Yeah, agreed. Now, having said all of that, I still am overly positive on this. Uh, I was fortunate, again, for one of my businesses to get this. I know there's a lot of people who are frustrated. I think you should still try to get this loan. Again, even if you don't qualify for the give, for the forgiveness, if you did not commit outright fraud, I don't have any advice for you there. But if you tried and it still doesn't get forgiven, Listen, I still think it's worth it. It is a, a two-year loan at 1%. And my understanding, again, from the CARES Act is the first six months are no payments. So, yes, your point is valid that as a small business owner, you know, I may not be looking to get into debt, but heck, if this helps me get through this period of time, that is certainly, quote, unquote, cheap money as long as I'm using it for the right purposes. So I think we should try to get one of these loans if we can. 
Yes, I'm in complete agreement. And I would, I should clarify that if you do reduce wages, lay off employees, but some come back, it, it doesn't necessarily wipe out your forgiveness 100%. It's a mm-hmm. reduction in forgiveness. Exactly. So you might get 80% forgiven and then 20% turns into a loan. There's no payments for six months and then it's a two-year loan at 1%. So it's it's an attractive loan. There's no uh, recourse as long as you use it for the you know proper purposes. There's no personal guarantee and no collateral. Right. So where else are you going to get a small business loan backed by the SBA 100% with those terms, you, they don't exist, right? right. So sure. in that sense, um, it still remains a very uh, good program for the certain businesses that can benefit from it. Agreed, agreed. All right, you're an expert on credit, personal and, and business credit. What are your thoughts and words of caution and things we can do to, to minimize the potential impact on our credit as we go through these challenges financially? And well, the good news is that the SBA loans are not reported to your personal credit, so they aren't going to impact your personal credit scores. Now, if you default on a federal loan, that's pretty serious because the federal government has additional powers to collect on federal loans. Think of federal student loans, for example. You know, folks who have defaulted on their federal student loans maybe have their tax refunds intercepted. So it is a, it is a serious obligation, but it shouldn't directly impact your credit score. So that's one thing. It's also important to understand that idle, uh, the disaster loan, you may be turned down due to credit. We are hearing from borrowers who have been turned down due to credit, but PPP doesn't have a credit check. So there's no credit check involved with PPP. The other thing I'd say is, you know, you want to, you want to look at this holistically because most business owners, you know, they, they don't have a lot of cash reserves and their business is what helps pay their personal bills as well. So we did a survey last year at NAB and found that over half of small business owners had skipped a paycheck in the past 12 months to keep their business going. So the other thing besides try to find these relief programs for your business is to carve out time to look for relief programs for your personal finances too. And so your mortgage lender, for example, may offer forbearance where you don't have to make a payment for six months. There's automatic uh, six-month forbearance on student loans, uh, but I do believe you do have to contact your servicer to make sure that you are, you know, properly assigned that. I I haven't followed the consumer quite as closely as the small business issues in in these past couple of weeks, but you're looking at all of it, right? So look for all the relief. And I'm really encouraging individuals and business owners to, you know, hoard cash. We don't know how quickly this will happen. So how, how quickly we'll recover. So let's say your business is doing okay. It's not doing great, but it's doing okay. I would still, if you have a mortgage, look into mortgage forbearance and see whether you can skip those payments for the next six months, preserve that cash, and then best case scenario, you don't need it, you prepay on your mortgage later, you know, or you pay off another debt. But don't hesitate to uh, to to at, be very proactive about this because. As you know, Henry, as a small business owner, your personal credit and business credit are often intertwined, right? So as much as we want to get away from using personal credit, banks love to do personal credit checks. And traditionally, they're a big part of other SBA loan programs. You want to try to at least make the minimum payment or get an approved, you know, forbearance so you don't have to make payments and it doesn't hurt your credit score on as many of your bills as possible. 
Yeah, great points, Jerry. I appreciate that. As I've been saying, it is, uh, I think we have to be ruthless with, with looking for every opportunity where we can defer, or save, like you said, hoard that cash. I know me personally, my mortgage for my home is with Wells Fargo. I was able to sign on and literally just clicking a button, didn't have to talk to anybody, didn't have to fill any application out. They gave me three months deferral on payments. Now, those payments don't go away. They'll get tacked on. But at least that gave me that freedom of, okay, now, you know, that income that's not coming in from my businesses, at least my mortgage payment is on hold for, for three months. So yes. uh, in credit cards, my understanding is I haven't done it yet, but credit cards, personal credit cards are all willing to work with you. The key is you, you got to communicate, you got to reach out, you, you got to contact them. But I think those are all great tips, Jerry. All right. So great stuff. Thank you. I knew there was, this was going to be great to have you on. I, I want to end it. Well, first of all, before I ask you for like one parting action item, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you think uh, is worth us knowing? The main questions I've been hearing relate to the issues of uh, forgiveness, calculating PPP, and what to do if you're self-employed. So I think we touched on those. I, I would say that, you know, in terms of my overall advice, I think the one thing this whole crisis has exposed is that many small business owners are so busy running their business, they really haven't had a lot of focus on the financial details that are so crucial. And I get that. I've been a small business owner, so I understand. My, my, I was always on extension with my taxes. But you really can't afford to be right now, right? Because even if you're self-employed, you have to rely on the information from your 2019 tax return to figure out how much you qualify for for PPP. So building a relationship with a trusted um, you know, tax professional so that you have those numbers up to date and you're really in tune with them is important. And same on the personal finance side. If you don't, you know, if you've never been able to quite figure out a budget, now's the time to really start thinking about how can I find a budgeting system that works for me so I, I can take a look at what needs to be paid, what can wait, and how can I preserve cash flow through this crisis? Great points. Yeah, that very well said. And, and so I think if I, if I can summarize that into what you're thinking the action items are, we've got to get our business finances in order, get a good picture of what our cash flow needs are, get those 10, uh, 2019 returns wrapped up if possible, work with your CPA, and then, and, and if you're not in line, quote unquote, already for a PPP loan, you need to do so and potentially apply to multiple lenders. Is that, is there anything action item wise that, that I'm missing there that you would recommend to a small business owner? No, that's it. I would add also, if you did not apply for idle in the first round, round two is your second chance of those funds. And those two programs can be complementary. So I recommend applying for both. Okay. Great point. Jerry, uh, tell us where you want us to go online and learn more about you and about NAV. Just go to NAV, N-A-V as in Victor.com. And well, right there, you can fill out the quick connect form to get connected to a PPP lender. You can check out our blog, which is just you know, forward slash blog. And, uh, and you can see we have a ton of articles, my, my opus on forgiveness, which I, <laughs> I hope to update once we get more guidance from the SBA and lots of other resources. So we'll try to help as best we can. Absolutely. Great stuff. Jerry Detweiler, thanks again for being a guest on my show and for sharing all this valuable information. Thank you so much. 
This is Henry Lopez, and thanks again for listening to this special episode of The How of Business. My guest today again was Jerry Detweiler. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you know where to find us. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Be sure to go there for the latest resources, as well as the resources that Jerry mentioned. Or you can also text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996, and I'll send you the link. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.